0: Hi, welcome to the ZP um, vlog and podcast that we do every Sunday at eight AM London time, and this is just really a wrap up um, on the news from Zimmer Peacock, you know, for things that we've done during this week. So the first thing we'll jump into is we've touched upon this um, a few times over the last um, couple of weeks, but something that's really moving at Zimmer Peacock is our um, capability to detect. Um, analytes in unusual matrices so an unusual matrices um, could for example be you know it sounds ridiculous but cough suites and so um, we've put some notes out there this is quite a matured piece of technology from us now that we're able to take a cough sweet we're able to dissolve it into the appropriate buffer and then we're able to analyze um, the active materials actually in that cough sweet so I think it's both a good reflection on the power of electrochemical or analytical um, electrochemistry and it's also a reflection on the stack of technologies that we do have at Zimmer and Peacock because we have this kind of capability of um, we have the sensors themselves we have our um, sensor or meter we have the capability of putting obviously you know liquids onto the sensor we have the app capability we're analysing or we're activating the um, sensors, then we're getting the data back, and when we're able to um, send that data to the cloud. So, you know, I, I'm very, we're very grateful for the actual technology itself, you know, and the science of electrochemistry and um, electroanalytical chemistry. And we're also, you know, delighted that we've put together this stack of technologies. And one of the applications, as I say, is the um, analysis of, um, for example, cough sweets, and that can be used both for in you know, a quality control setting but also um, in an authentication setting as well. And by authentication, it happens more in the world than we realize um, that brands and products that you think are made by one manufacturer are actually essentially counterfeit. So we're um, delighted to sort of talk about our cough suite and um, work there. Just some other news as well. A couple of our um, guys went off to see a, um, a company in Norway um, called in Oslo called um, Plateau. Plateau make um, sensors for the brewing industry so we were delighted to um, go and visit those guys um, and just sort of brainstorm a bit. So thank you to Plateau for um, having us visit this week it's it's appreciated and I think it's a reflection that at ZP we do do a lot of um, sensors and technologies for IVD in vitro diagnostics but you can also see that You know, so far, we've talked about the confectionery industry a little bit here, and we've also then talked about um, the brewing industry as well. So we do have um, the capability of adding value and solving problems um, in other applications as well. Also, I mean, something that we do touch upon on occasions, we're extremely lucky at ZP. We do have a really strong um, mechanical and electromechanical um, group of engineers And so our mechanical engineers have been putting together um, some technologies for helping us to singulate um, sensors. And um, if you're watching the vlog, I'm just putting some images up because it talks about, you know, we measure force, we make prototypes obviously out of 3D, and we're measuring the force using um, a meter, you know. And so at ZP, we are, you know, pretty well known for making um, biosensors and electrochemical sensors. But we're less known then for actually the, the supporting services around it, including the um, electromechanical. So I'm grateful for the team that we have there. They're extremely strong and led by a really um, seasoned um, engineer. Something else that's really related earlier on to my comments. So we made some comments earlier on about a company called Plato. Plato are really um, associated with um, measuring things in the fermentation industry. We mentioned the cough sweets. Um, something else that we've been working on um, quite a lot recently as well is measuring what's called the notes or the off notes um, in whiskies. And so our technology offers us a unique perspective into the analytes and the chemicals that are actually in whiskies. And so we've been doing some um, work on recognizing or identifying those um, off notes and also getting an overall, um, let's say, profile um, of the whisky itself. So it does come back to this, you know, and this is a repetition, but at ZP we have the sensors. One of our sets of sensors we call the spectrum sensor. We have our sensor all platform, which is really a set of electronics that knows, not knows, but um, it can drive our sensors. We have our apps, which tell the meter what to do. And then we also have Julie where we can actually receive the data and crunch the data so we definitely have a entire technology stack from sample um, up to cloud and it's you know essentially delighted to be doing the whole um, sensor to what we call api sensor to application programming interface and so so far i've mentioned cough suites now i've mentioned um, whiskey but it's really using the same um, technology platform something that's very core to our kind of You know we we like to support people um who are trying to develop sensors and so every week we hold a webinar at 8 a.m london time every thursday at 8 a.m london time and there we took we answer questions from the community and this week we had to talk about how to calibrate a glucose sensor we had to talk about how to make an inflammatory wearable biosensor we talked about detecting pesticides antibiotics and hormones We talked about generation one and generation two glucose sensors Um, and we also talked about printing on carbon or printing carbons and silver silver chlorides and we also talked about how to use a ZP um, sensor it was specifically how to use a um, a ZP glucose sensor so there's a lot done we do go rather fast through that webinar because when you've got six questions it's only five minutes per question and you know we do we like these questions and we do put a lot of effort into essentially illustrating um, the answers um, in that. So if you have questions and they're technical, don't worry about sending them in. We'll, at ZP, will make a, an honest um, or a sincere effort to actually answer them. And so we did put some more material up this week about actually how to calibrate a glucose sensor. So I hope that um, if you can Google like Gok calibrating a glucose sensor, you'll see how we do it. And we do hope um, that that really helps you, um, let's say in your work as well. And we've also sort of did mention there that actually we also use Julie a lot in the calibration of glucose sensors. Um, Julie is not, Julie is this cloud database, You know, so far I've mentioned cough sweets, I've mentioned whiskey, now I've mentioned calibrating glucose sensors. When you look at all these technologies, you always find that Julie and our cloud database is actually at the heart of all of this as i to dive slightly deeper one of the questions that came in this week as well was also you know how to make a wearable sensor for inflammatory markers and it's actually you know it's very doable actually to make a sensor for inflammatory markers i think that you know they were um they were interested in il6 and tnf alpha and ifn gamma and that's you know let's say fine perfectly fine we can make wearable biosensors for that And so we did make a video response um, to the question about that. And one of the things is, is that what they were basically in some ways trying to do was to make a inflammatory marker equivalent to a CGM. So CGM, continuous glucose monitoring, they were trying to make a a inflammatory marker equivalent to it. And they were also trying to control a pump. And this is really like trying to control an insulin pump with a glucose sensor. The concept there is called the artificial pancreas. And these guys, though, they weren't using the term artificial pancreas. The technology stack was really equivalent to making the artificial pancreas. So at ZP, we do actually have quite a lot of expertise around this. And so we were able to answer that, their, their questions with, I wouldn't say authority, but you know, we're definitely with the experience. Um, you know Their technology would require microneedles. That's something that we do at ZP. It would require electronics. We definitely do that at ZP. Bluetooth connectivity. You know, obviously we can do that, and so can many other engineers. Um, but then the app development, which is fine as well, and then sending that data to the cloud, which is fine as well. And then they wanted to do something different. They actually wanted to control a pump, um, and we're not the pump guys, but we certainly have enough experience around that. You know, around the. Um, I just want to say good morning to Aftab. Aftab, nice to see you this morning. So we definitely um, were a good company to ask about that. And I also gave them a warning that. You know companies that work in this space or work with similar technologies, like um, and the company I was thinking of, for example, BioLink, Ftab, who's online this morning. He knows that, that companies like that they raise like a hundred million um, US dollars to do these kind of wearable sensors. So um, we like the question, but we also, you know, we we also give the commercial reality to these things as well. Something that um, also came up this week in the um, in the zp developer zone was trying to make sensors for pesticides hormones and antibiotics just want to make it really clear that there is no issue in making sensors for pesticides um i don't want to trivialize it but um a lot of um, pesticides for example are glyphosphates glyphosphates are um, intrinsically electrochemically active so there is no issue in making sensors for them Um, I think what happens a lot of the time is the people who are really interested in making sensors for, for example, pesticides are strong in the academic world, but they're not so much in the commercial world. And so it's actually it's the business case. If you make a sensor for glyphosate, somebody has to go out there and actually sell it. And so the technology itself is really of no issue. So, for example, if somebody came to me and said, I want to make a sensor for glyphosate, I would say. Go to our spectrum sensor. Um, the spectrum sensor is broadly applicable, and it will pick up glyphosphates. Also, use our SensiAll platform, and if they work with us, we'll be able to tune the SensiAll platform to work with the spectrum sensor to actually detect glyphosphates. And the reason the reason we can do it is glyphosphates will have a very distinct um, signal shape, signal position, and Signal intensity that's proportional to um, the concentration. So I have no issues in the in answering the question. Can you make a sensor for um, for glyphosate or pesticides? There's really no issue there. Um, they were also asking about um, hormone sensors, and we actually do have a lot of hormone sensors: testosterone, androstenone, cortisol, um, etc. Um, and then we also have. Um, they were also an- interested in antibiotics. And um, I'm also very interested in antibiotics as well. Um, I didn't link to it, but antibiotics are very, what I would call, aromatic. Um, That just means they have benzene rings. They do have a lot of, um, how would I describe it? They have a lot of heteroatoms. These are things like um, nitrogen and um, hydrogen. Uh, Sorry, not hydrogen. Nitrogen, oxygen. Um, for example, and so this makes these molecules quite electrochemically active. Um, so I sort of say it that if people are interested in understanding antibiotics, either in the medical application or in the environment, really no issue. We can use our spectrum sensor and our sensor platform for doing that. The reason I say that is because at ZP, we're very keen on people getting to market. And so we're really trying to reduce all the barriers um to market there's one big barrier left which is whatever commercial endeavor you're about to undertake you have to be able to afford it and that is almost the biggest barrier so we've reduced all the technology barriers and people are just left with how can i afford to really do this um and that is actually the toughest barrier of all maybe even zp will eventually overcome that one as well um also you know we are very um interested in these technical questions and these technical challenges that come in as well so we're very interested in the idea of um at the moment a lot of um glucose sensing technologies that are out there are what we call generation one glucose sensors um in the cgm space for example there's a generation two glucose sensor out there that's by abbott they use some ip um, that was originally developed um at University of Texas by a guy called Adam Heller, and he uses osmium complexes, and so they're using a mediator, so that would be described as a generation two. Now at ZP, we feel quite strongly actually that we could be the team to make a commercial generation three glucose sensor, feeling strongly about it and doing it, you know, but I think we actually could do it. So we've just put a note up this week just defining what generation one, generation two, and generation three are. And, you know, we're particularly interested. We've been looking into um, Generation 3. We have some very strong, um, I'd say, bioelectrochemists. And so having this critical number of bioelectrochemists allows us to really think about Generation 3 glucose sensors. And that's something that we're also interested in tackling now. And it's not always because there's a technology advantage, but it's also because, you know, it's a freedom to operate advantage that there are no commercial Generation 3 glucose sensors on the market. Um, And so the companies that do commercialise along that line would have a greater freedom to operate. So that is something that we're also um, interested in as well. Um, Getting near to the end here, but um, at ZP, we do have um, some facilities in Norway. And this week there was something called Made in Horton, um, where visitors from across Norway, actually, there was, uh, we had a a lot of people coming from NTNU, which is a, I think it's really an excellent university um, in a city called Trondheim in Norway. So they came. We also had people from the local um, community as well come in. And we were just showing people essentially what we do at Zimmer and Peacock. And the whole thing is kind of made in Horton. Um, It's very well organized. It's very well attended. And ZP were delighted to have um, delegates, not delegates, but attendees come in um, and visit us. Um, Just... Lastly, every week, um, we at ZP, continuous glucose monitoring is a continuous process for us. And what I mean by that is um, whether we're working on client projects or actually we're also doing a project with the Norwegian government, it does not stop our continuous glucose monitoring um, efforts. And so we just put some um, up some images um, this week of our work. And I think it's particularly sort of interesting because... You know, we've we sort of moved on from the glucose stage now, and now we're just talk, dealing with the um, communication stage of it. So at ZP, we make a lot of CGMs. This is not a part-time effort. We've always got a full-time team on it. And we are working on the idea now of um, allowing people access to this technology um, so that they can do... Um, studies as well. This is not for human use, but these are CGMs that can be used um, in vitro or maybe in animal models um, just for understanding um, glucose. So um, I'll sort of do a quick, a very quick um, wrap up and be very, you know, thankful and, you know, with people's time and giving it to us this morning. So if people have a vision that they want to do the analysis of some sort of analyzing food, Please understand that this is something that we can do. And the cough drop work that we've done this week is a good um, illustration of it. Also know that, you know, it's not just food, but it's also beverage. You know, the analysis of analytes in whiskey. Yes, yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, we're also, you know, what makes us as strong as EP is not just this um, capability of doing um, electrochemical biosensors. It's also the mechanical team that, you know, that, are, that go around it. Obviously, if you have any technical questions of ZP, I know I say it, but every week at 8 a.m. London time, we do a webinar. I think we answer all the questions that come in. You know, we will do a quick, you know, response and try and do some illustrations around it. You know, and so we've answered questions about calibrating glucose sensors, how to make wearable inflammatory markers, how to detect pesticides, hormones, and antibiotics. Um, And we've also discussed Generation 1 and Generation 2 glucose sensors. In that um, webinar this week as well, and obviously we've also revealed now that the whole technology stack that we've been putting together for measuring um, the glucose in fish, we're also um, making that available now for people who want to do you know general CGM um, development. So I think it comes down to if you've got any questions of um, ZP, as per normal, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. I wish you all a good week. Aftab, take care, um, and. For us it all starts again on Monday, but if you have if your weeks will start already, then have a good one. Okay. Take care. Bye bye.